Hey, uh, this is week two in our series called Road Signs. We started last week. And uh, last week, if you were here, you know, we began this series. We introduced it last week by saying, um, we said this. We said, your direction determines your destination. Your direction determines your destination. And we even added this. We said, it's your direction in life, not your intention. Not necessarily what you intend to do. It's your direction that ultimately determines your destination. I don't care how badly you want to go to the beach, how badly you want to go to Florida to the beach. If you get on Interstate 29 and go north, you're never going to get to the beach. You're just not. That's what we talked about last week. And uh, we talked about how obvious this is when it comes to driving, but that when it comes to our lives, when it comes to our friendships and our relationships, when it comes to our moral standards, um, when it comes to uh, the choices that we just have to make in life, when it comes, I mean, sometimes it's things like entertainment, all the other stuff in life, there's a disconnect. We know that when we're driving, it's easy. And we talked last week, some of you have just gotten your driver's license this last year. You're turning 16 sometime before Christmas, and you're so excited. It makes sense when you're driving, but in life, there's just kind of a disconnect. So the question we're talking about tonight as we continue this series is this, how do you know which path to take? There's a ton of paths out there, and at school, every day, you maybe get asked to, uh, to try something new, to go a different path. There's choices you make, but the question I want to tackle is, how do you know which path to take? And this is kind of what we're going to be diving into the next couple weeks. Um, see, this is tough. You don't want to get to your senior year and suddenly realize that you have no options and no opportunities lined up because of some of the choices that you made as a freshman or as a sophomore and you only get to be in high school once. And those of you that are upperclassmen fully realize how fast it goes. You know that it's only a matter of time until you'll be out of here. You'll be out of high school, and you just can't go back. You can't go back and relive your high school years. They go very, very quickly. You don't realize that at the time, especially not if you're a freshman, especially not if you're a sophomore. But you can't go back to when you're 15 again and start over. And these years are critical, and you guys know that. The choices you make now during these four years of high school will radically alter the direction of your life. So which path do you take? Will you make, make your life more complicated? And here's the crazy thing, no matter what our prayers and our dreams and our wants and our wishes are, those things, as badly as, as, badly as it's a dream for you, if you take a different path, you'll end up at a different destination. We like to talk a lot of talk, but what do we actually doing. So how do you know when you're making wrong decisions? Well, to get us going tonight, I want to teach you this passage of Scripture from Proverbs. If you have a Bible, you can open it up, and if you don't, um, that's all right. Um, It'll be on the screens. We're just looking at one verse tonight, one proverb, Um, but it's amazing. I remember the first time I heard this proverb. I never realized it my whole life, and I heard it for the first time about four years ago, and it's, it's incredible. It's Proverbs 27, verse 12. And, uh, and it says this, the prudent see danger and take refuge, but the simple keep going and suffer for it. The prudent see danger and take refuge, but the simple, what do they do? They keep going and they suffer for it. Um, just to get, get this in your brain a little bit, I know this is a very elementary school thing to do, but I want to ask you to, um, to say this verse out loud with me, Okay. Can you do that? I know you're in high school. It's, it's, uh, it's on a slide somewhere. We got the slide for it. Uh, say it with me. One, two, three. Just read it with me. The prudent see danger and take refuge, but the simple keep going and suffer for it. It's kind of hard to do. 
The prudent see danger and they take refuge, but the simple keep going and suffer for it. So in this verse, we have two individuals and two outcomes to the same situation. The prudent person in the book of Proverbs is the wise person. If you don't, you're not familiar with that word, we don't use that word anymore, but in Proverbs, it's referring to the wise person. And the wise person is the one who understands that life is connected, that there's cause and effect. The wise person lives their life like they're on a path, and they are constantly checking the direction that they're going in. Constantly. They, they are very aware of that. They're very cognizant of the choices they're making, They have certain morals, beliefs, whatever, and a lot of times those are convictions and they live by them. But that's the prudent person. Now, the simple person, the Hebrew word here uh, used here for the word simple, for the simple person, it's the same word that's translated um, naive in a lot of other verses using the same Hebrew word. In fact, the New American Standard Version just has the word naive in there. Um, Naive, you're like ignorant. You like just don't know. It's simple. You're a simple person. That's what the simple person thinks. The simple person thinks life is disconnected. The simple person thinks things like this. Well, the fact that the last four times I went to his house or I went to her house, that happened. Well, that doesn't mean it's not going to happen again or it is going to happen again. Just because it happened four times doesn't mean it's going to happen again. Just because I keep dating him and just because he cheated on me three times doesn't mean he's going to cheat on me again. See, the simple person a lot of times just sees life as being disconnected. They kind of go with the flow. I'm going to do whatever somebody uh, tells me to do. I'm going to do whatever somebody, um, whatever they put in my hand, perhaps. Um, A simple person doesn't connect the dots about the future. So, two different people, two very different responses, same situation. And they're both driving down the road, and they both see a warning sign and what happens? They see a caution sign. So last week, the talk was one way. This week, we're doing caution, and uh, there's one or two left. Um, we may actually end this series a little early next week, but here's the thing. Tonight, we're talking about what do you do when you see a warning sign? And so the prudent person, it says, what do they do when they see, when they see danger? They act. They respond. They do something. And what do the simple do? They keep going. Hey, there's a, looks like that sign says there's um, avalanche is on this road, and looks like one's coming, but I don't know. Let's just keep going. Maybe we won't die. The prudent goes, oh, we should probably stop. It looks like rocks are falling. Um, the simple person maybe says something. Oh, yeah, here's the thing. Um, the simple person will always hear warnings from a, a friend or a parent, and a lot of times they even agree with it. So maybe you've said this before. You're like, I don't know. You you maybe asked your parents for advice. Most of the time it's unsolicited and they just give it to you anyway, right? And you go, yeah, mom. Yeah, uh uh-huh. Yeah, I know. Yeah, okay. All right. All right, I got it. And you fully fully agree with them. And what do you do? You go and do the exact opposite. I mean, you know the thing you're supposed to do. You just don't care, right? Or maybe it's a friend and you even, you fully agree with everything they're telling you. Hey, um, you know, you've been going to a lot of parties, and I'm kind of worried about the choices you're making, and you're like, yeah, I know, I need to stop. Yeah, I really should start doing that again, shouldn't I? But they don't. They just keep going, and they suffer for it. Um, the prudent see danger and do something. The simple feel convicted and just think, yeah, you're right, I, I should. And they admit it, but they don't do anything. They just keep going. Um, and then, yeah, get this, the end of the verse um, the writer of Proverbs tells us very specifically the outcome for the simple. He, re- he says, they suffer for it. 
they suffer for it. They see the warning signs and they suffer for it. Now, most of the time when people suffer, what happens? A lot of times we blame God, don't we? We say, oh, God is the cause of all of this. God is, God like ruined my life. Or how could God do this to me? How could God um, make this happen as a result of one of my decisions? You guys, most of the time, and this is not every time, but most of the time, God lets us choose. God lets us decide. How do you know what God's will is for your life? A lot of times he lets you choose. Most of the time, God works on basic principles. You go to the top of a building and you jump off, what's going to happen? Yeah, it's going to hurt. You're going to hit the concrete. Why? Because it's a principle called gravity. Now, that's not all the time, and I don't mean, I mean, I um, don't misunderstand me. I'm not talking about all suffering being a result of poor choices, and I'm not talking about starving children in Kenya or, um, I don't know, all kinds of other injustices in the world. I'm talking about you and your life, but you know when you're suffering because of a poor choice, because of a bad decision. You know. You know certain things. You know relationships that you're in right now that are destructive for you, and you should get out of them, but you just can't say no to that person. So the problem with not changing directions as soon as you see the warning signs, is there's going to come a point in your life where you have no more options. You, you like run out of, um, the, the, there's kind of like only the rest of the path to go, or you can't get out of it, or you're stuck in it, or you become an addict. I mean, there's a bajillion different things that you guys deal with on a daily basis, but there's, there can come a point in your life, and when you come down a certain path where you just go, I don't know how to get out of this. I can't tell anybody um, I would lose my job, I would maybe get shunned, I'm, whatever it is. There's a point on the path when the stakes, there's a point on the path where the stakes go up. Um, a lot of times we, we blame God, and a lot of times it's our own fault. It's our own fault. God doesn't love us any less. God's love is always constant toward you. So God doesn't love you any less, but a lot of times it's our own fault, and he's not causing it. Um, uh, Here's the thing. A good way to uh, apply this principle to your, um, to your relationships is probably this. Never evaluate a relationship based on where it is now. Evaluate your relationships based on where you see them going. Um, last week, I brought up my friend Aaron Knight, who uh, I've used so many times as illustrations. When I was in high school, and I just grew up with this kid through uh, elementary and middle school. And in high school, I mentioned last week, Aaron started going to a lot of parties, but he in particular started smoking weed. And, um, and I have a ton of regrets about, and I mentioned this last week, how I should have maybe pursued Aaron a little more. But here's the thing. I saw the direction that relationship was going, and the one regret I don't have is that I didn't follow him down that path. I'll never forget the first time he pulls marijuana out in my bedroom, and I didn't go, hey, I'd like to try that. I've heard maybe it's awesome. For whatever reason, I wasn't a jerk, but I go, you need to get out of my house. I said, I don't want to get busted for that. And slowly, slowly, I see Aaron go down a path. And maybe I tried to warn him at times. But my goodness, I didn't keep that friendship going. I mean, we just started to drift apart. And I thought, man, I care about this guy. We grew up together. But there's a point when you have to make a decision maybe about a friendship, about a relationship. Maybe it is an addiction. And somebody says, bro, you need to stop on the internet. Bro, you need to stop going to parties. You're drinking too much. And I realize there's probably not most of you in here. But alcohol, the pressure for drugs and alcohol is huge in high school. Huge. Some of you upperclassmen, there's a party every weekend and you know exactly where it's at. Internet, the pornography stuff is rampant. You've got to tell somebody about that before you're an addict and you don't, you don't know how to get out of it. 
But for a lot of us, it can simply be applied to our relationships. If you decide to get serious about this principle, I want to give you four words tonight. Four words, it's kind of an application, so write these down. The first word is this, action. Just action. You have to decide to do something. You have to decide to end that relationship. You have to send a text message. You have to make a phone call. You, um, you have to tell your parents something. You have, to, uh, you have to ask to get a blocker. I don't know. I don't know what it is for you, but it's an action needs to take place. You need to change the direction you're headed in. The prudent see danger, and they act. They do something. They take refuge. They take action. The second word is this. The second word is sacrifice. Sacrifice. And this goes along with the first one. Um, You'll probably have to give something up. And we're not very good at giving stuff up. Maybe you'll have to sacrifice um, a reputation, a certain image that you work very, very hard to keep. You'll have to sacrifice a friendship. But if you apply this principle, you'll probably have to sacrifice something. Whatever path you're going down, it leads to a certain destination. And you need to act, and it's probably going to require a sacrifice. But we hate sacrifices, especially in high school, especially if it costs us our reputation. And so most likely, what's very, very hard is some of us will go home from church tonight and know what we're supposed to do, and we'll just keep going. You know, I was, I was reading this verse this week, and I was thinking about this. We tend to want it to say that Christians see danger and take refuge, But non-Christians, perhaps, um, keep going and suffer for it. Sometimes we tend to think that if we just go to church or if our family goes to church, we're kind of immune and we're kind of good with God. It doesn't say that at all. In fact, immediately when I read this verse, you guys probably do the same thing. I go, well, I'm prudent. I mean, mean, I'm not simple. I'm, I'm smart. I'm not an idiot. We immediately, like, throw ourselves in the prudent category. But what is, what is it for you? Is there something has there been a warning sign and you go, oh, I'm just going to keep going. Maybe I won't die. Maybe it's not going to hit me. But the second word is sacrifice. The third word is this, embarrassment. Embarrassment. That's a long word to make you write down. When you make this change, whatever it is for you, if you do the thing that you know in your heart right now that the Lord's tapping on you, the Spirit's tapping at you saying, you've got to stop with that. When you decide to, to do something about it, it may very, very likely cause you some embarrassment. Because the people who, you, who know you are going to think, um, they're maybe not going to know why you made this decision, but they're going to see you make this decision based on today, and based on what they see of you. And you go, yeah, but I'm prudent. I want to be prudent, Brad. I don't want to make a decision based on today. I'm looking ahead to tomorrow and the day after tomorrow. And what's going to happen if I keep hanging out with Aaron Knight? Where am I going to be at next week? I guarantee you there were times when he invited me to parties and man, if I would have said yes to those, I would not be here today. And I'm not saying my life, I'd be in a gutter somewhere. I'm not saying my life would be horrible. But it might be. It might be really bad. It might cause you some embarrassment. Is it worth it? Is your reputation, is your image, is your future worth not having a little bit of embarrassment? And finally, the fourth word, the fourth word is this. The fourth word is relief. This is the good news. See, one day, hopefully, you will breathe a sigh of relief. You may look back to this day, tonight, at Oasis or after Oasis, when you decided to get off the path that was leading you down a road of destruction. 
In a year from now, two years from now, five years from now, when you're married someday, you can look at your spouse in the face and go, I'm so glad that I made a decision back in 2013 to do this. And now here's you, and it'll be great. Um, Hopefully, someday you can look back and have a sense of relief. So action, sacrifice, may cause you a little embarrassment, But in the end, someday you will breathe a sigh of relief. So let me ask you this. Are you on some path right now that you need to get off of? Ask yourself that question. I think that's the final thing on your outline. Am I on some path right now that I need to get off of? Because there's still time. No matter how far you go down a path, you can always change your direction. I I just said earlier, you might feel like you're trapped. You may feel like you're trapped, but no matter how far you go down the path, you can always change your direction. And that's what I mentioned to you guys last week at this point. Don't ever think I've gone down the path too far that now God can't love me, or I've done too much that I know I'm supposed to buy into this God stuff, but I just don't know. I think he sees me as dirty. I feel I've done too much. I don't think God can love me. Um, You guys, it's not true. Do not buy into the lie of every other religion, I said last week, do not buy into the lie of karma. That if karma operates on the principle that your good has to outweigh your bad, see, that's when we feel stuck, don't we? Well, I've done too much bad. My bad way outweighs my good, Brad. I can't even the scales. Karma says, well, you've got to even the scales. But grace is so utterly opposed to karma. And grace alone, Jesus looks at you and says, throw that karma garbage out. He goes, I died for you. I went to the cross for you. And so he says, he says, look at me. He says, I took your pain. I took your regret. I took your mistakes. I took, I took everything you did last year that you regret. And I paid for it on the cross. And he goes, I knew you were going to do those things, but it's done. It's finished. On the cross, you guys know this from the Gospels. He literally says, it's finished. It is finished. And so later in Matthew or I guess before he died, Jesus says, come to me, all of you who are, are, uh, who are burdened, I almost forgot it, who are burdened and heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. I'll set you free. I'll give you eternal life. But it's through me, and you can run to me anytime. But it's not this karma junk. Grace is utterly different. You guys, Christianity, the gospel, is so absolutely and utterly different than any other religious view out there. Maybe you have some friends that are atheistic. I go, I want a savior. I want to believe that there's a God, and I do, and I don't know how all this whole world came about, but man, I need a hero to save me. Man, tell your atheistic friends about Jesus. If I was atheist, I would want that. I would want him So he says, I'll free you. Don't feel like you can't run to me. And if you're trapped right now, he goes, you still just have to make a decision. It's not just running to Jesus. You do have to get internet. You do have to talk to your parents. You do have to commit and tell a friend and say, I'm going to too many parties. I want you to hold me accountable. See, the temptation tonight will be to think about all this change action stuff and to walk walk out the door and to go home and to just keep going. And I really, really hope and pray tonight that you don't do that. I hope you don't leave before you talk to somebody if you need to. And I realize some of you in here, you're like, you're maybe doing fine. 
You really are. You're in a healthy place. The whole point of your community group is for it to be a safe place for you to share freely. And stuff that's said in the community group stays in the community group. That you trust those people. I know that's hard because it's the second week and you don't even know maybe some of the people in your group. But that you could open up at Oasis about stuff that's real, about stuff that you're dealing with. I hope that you don't keep coming week after week and you go to the fall retreat and you come to Oasis and you come to Oasis, but you don't make a change. You don't change your actions. Don't keep going and suffer for it. Um, Don't waste another minute, you guys, of your life. Your heavenly Father loves you enough to say, I have put so many warning signs on the road in front of you to say, you got to turn around. You got to turn around. You got to do something. Um, Here's the thing. Before, uh, before I pray tonight, I want to put this little quote on the screens. And uh, I want us to read this together. And I know it's hard in a large group. We, uh, like even that verse was kind of difficult. I didn't write this quote, um, but uh, it's kind of long. And I just want you to read this with me, okay? I mean, just read it like you would naturally read it. And uh, I'm mic so you can take your cues from me. But um, let's just read it together, okay? One, two, three. I don't want to waste my life. I don't ever want to get to a place where all of the options are bad because I stayed on a path too long, because I saw the warning signs and refused to turn around. I want to get to the end of my life and breathe a sigh of relief, not because I did the popular thing, but because when I saw trouble coming, I took refuge. All right? Hey, can I pray for you real quick? God, um, I thank you for this truth. God, I thank you for the power of this one verse, that the prudent see danger and they act. God, some of us, we so badly need to act. God, some of us in this room, we've come to church our whole life and we know the Bible forward and back. We know biblical truth like it's coming out of our ears. But God, we also struggle with lust and we struggle with stuff on the internet or we struggle with um, swearing or we struggle with all kinds of stuff. God, we're tempted by things. We've done stuff with some other person that we know, man, we just are racked with guilt and shame. God, we don't want to be the simple that keep going and that suffer. God, there's enough suffering in this world. God, help us get to a place of health. And God, that starts with us acting. But God, I also pray that we would know that we can run to you no matter what. And God, it, it also starts by us like just crying out to you and saying, God, I need your grace. God, I don't even know how this stuff works. God, I'm brand new to church. God, someone just drugged me here tonight. I'm not even a Christian. But God, I want to get right with you. I want to make better choices. God, I want to get to the end of my life and breathe a sigh of relief. And to know that I'm going to heaven and spending it with you. And God, even I don't just want heaven. I want this God that I hear about. I want this Jesus that would die in my place. That would take my spot for me. That would pay my death penalty for me. Jesus, we need your righteousness, we need your love, we need your truth, and we need your grace. So God, tonight, even as we go to group, God, help us to act, help us to sacrifice, help us to face an embarrassing situation if we have to, because God, we need you. We need you to act. God, come tonight, show up in this place. God, may we not hold on to the junk that's deep down in our hearts, that's deep down in our lives. God, may we confess it Maybe just to a friend, to a leader, if not the whole group. God, we need you. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.